Welcome to Unlocking the Fitness Industry. I am your host, Jake Abel. I'm a two-time natural pro, a cellular athlete, and we're going to find the best way to get fit, to enter your competitions, and to look your best. So, here we go. Let's get into the episode. And welcome back to the podcast, guys. Thank you to everyone who's been sharing the podcast on their podcast on their Instagram profiles. Um, I've had a lot of messages on guests and topics that people want to hear, so it's been awesome. I've been pretty busy lately with national, state titles, and we've got world titles next week, so I'm going to follow up on a lot of those messages and get as many guests as we can and a lot of podcasts coming your way. So that sharing, getting out that word, the word out there is absolutely amazing and I'm thankful for all those people that have given me feedback and have shared this podcast on. So today our podcast is our 10th podcast. So there are, I put out a, on my Instagram story, a question and answers, and I've got a few questions which on a few topics I want to dive deep into. Um, so this is more of a Q&A um, mixture of fitness and bodybuilding topics. So sit down, listen. Um, I'm feeling like it's going to be a ramp, bit of a rambly uh, with some of these topics. So let's see what value I can give to you guys through them. All right, question number one from Tessel Stone. What does it take to be a natural bodybuilder? All right, here we go. Rant number one. Um, a natural bodybuilder is kind of something like to become an, you have to become an athlete. When I see people that are looking to bodybuild, you have to be an athlete. It's similar to any other sport. You can't just decide you want to be the fastest in the world at a 100 meter sprint or you want to be a professional surfer without doing the practice. Um, and that's the first thing. If you are looking at getting into bodybuilding, getting into a fitness competition, whether it's bikini or bodybuilding or physique or fitness, um, any of those categories, if it is natural or untested federations, you definitely need to realize what you want from it first. Um, you should have a pretty good training base that you do train in the gym um, a couple, like quite often, and you should be pretty elite in your gym within your training. So um, you should have trained, had a fair good base. Um, that you can compete with and if that's building muscle and getting condition and you quite know about your body. Also, you should have a pretty good idea about nutrition. If you're going down the coaching route, that helps a little bit so you know exactly what you need to have. But yeah, nutrition definitely helps that. I always say to a lot of my clients is that you got to treat yourself. If you want to become a professional athlete in a bodybuilding league, you have to eat like an athlete all year round. It's not just a, I'm going to prep for 12 weeks and you're only prepping for that 12 weeks. No, this is years of foundation build down and then you can cut for 12 weeks and that's the majority of difference. Um, in the natural bodybuilding, it's a little bit different because we do, we can't use other um, enhancers or um, steroids or things like that to help us obtain that conditioning. We actually have to Go through the work, go through the training, go through the nutrition, stick to that. Not saying that unnatural bodybuilders don't do that because they definitely do, but we that's all we can rely on. That's our only bread and butter. We can't use anything else. Um, 
other than a calorie deficit and a, a like training output as well. Um, so there are bread and butter with natural bodybuilding. You definitely want to know how your body responds to food and what type of training will best suit what category you want to fit into. Um, they're the main things of becoming a bodybuilder if you are looking at doing it for the first time. Um, it's an amazing sport. It is definitely a sport that you will learn a lot from yourself. It, you will reach different heights. Um, it will challenge you. In the end, I've been saying, especially this week, the sport is bodybuilding. So it's not only going to build your body, but it builds your mind and it's going to test you at times. You're going to have the best results ever. It's also going to be one of the most hardest things you're ever going to do, but it's also one of the most valuable things you'll do. Um, so it's a sport that, yeah, definitely gives back, but it's not for the weak-hearted. You're definitely going to doubt yourself. You're going to have mental doubts. Um, and there's quite a lot of preparation, obviously, that does go to it because in the end, it's not what you do on the day. It's what you've done in the 22 years, four years leading up to that date um, when you do get on stage to show off your body. So, yeah, that's pretty much what it takes to be a natural bodybuilder is – yeah, a lot of a lot of commitment, a lot of discipline. Discipline's probably one of the number one thing, and then consistency. Just showing up every day, um, and consistently willing to work on take the feedback, see where you need to work, and come in better and bring a better package every single year. Um, the next one is: Do I still from Clayton Stormy White? Do I still use a coach? And if not, how do you prep yourself differently to your clients? Um, so this is a funny one, actually. Um, I had, I've never had a coach, believe it or not. Um, running through the industry, I kind of was very naive at the start. I've been around for five years in the competitive field now. And I was like, kind of just working it out. I did a lot of experimentation on myself and that's why I think I have become one of the most successful coaches within ICN is I do I did try everything I put my clients on I have tried from the 1200 calorie diets which I actually don't use um, but I've done it all just to test to see what would happen to my own body I'm very inquisitive I like asking questions um, so Everything that I put my clients on has been tried and tested through me so I can understand what they're going through, what they're feeling, and things like that. In saying that, everyone's bodies respond differently as well. So I spent the first 12 to 24 months of when I did start coaching, there, a lot of it was face-to-face -face, um, and responding on what worked on different type of clientele, um, which created my philosophy. And from there... That's pretty much where I've learned quite a lot over 350 online clients um, since I've been online and I've taken into shows. Obviously, a lot of my clients have done very well. Um, so it's just working out kind of what methods did work a lot. I was lucky enough to have a very close connection through um, a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of the pros. And I've always been that super inquisitive personality and ask questions about, like, even when I always meet different pros or people that do well, I question, I'll be like, cool, what did you do into this prep? How did you prep this way? What did you do here, here, and here? And I think what I've kind of developed is the common occurrence from what 
a lot of them really successful bodybuilders do um, and kind of developed that on mine and then made it achievable for my clients and then work it into all different types of different body types, see what works. And it's just a little bit at the start, it was a little bit of testing around just to make sure that it did work. But from there, I developed that my philosophy um, from there. I think I talked on episode one or two about my philosophy. So go back, have a listen to that. But yeah, I've never actually been coach. I've had um, girlfriends and friends with a lot of coaches. I've had a very good, yeah, again, support network of just not only pros, but some all my best friends, which are very high competitive athletes that I can bounce a lot of uh, questions off, things like that. I have a lot of uh, friends and connections within high industry-based exercise scientists, nutritionists, um, that we can always like reach a collaborative decision on a lot of topics or any new types of studies coming out and things like that to shit test them um, and ask ideas. So that's pretty much where I came into the coaching um, life and built pretty much everything from there. But no, I haven't actually ever had a coach, but... Funnily enough, and it's the same, like I ask a lot of my clients, like my positives and my negatives, and I have had a lot of clients come from other coaches and pretty much write their wrongs is, I was like, why did you leave your other coach? What was bad about them? What was good about them? And then try to build my coaching the best I could for my athletes. And that's the number one thing. I don't care about any politics. I don't care about the federations. I don't care about that. As long as my athletes are 100% happy, um, with what I'm putting in, that's what I'm for. I'm for my family, my, all my athletes, that's everything I live for. So just making sure that they're 100% in as well. Next question. Okay, how do you keep, this is from Tommy Rob 14 how do you keep on track and stay motivated throughout a cut? Um, I'm probably the worst person to ask this. Motivation, like, I always say I wish I could bottle up what I have inside of me for motivation, especially while I'm on a prep more than anything. But I think my motivation is just as high or like 100% compared to some people in their off-season. Um, 100% compared to their, some people's on-season is my off-season. So my on-season is heaps more hardcore than even now. Like I'm training every day at the moment and making use, making sure I track my foods and all those type of things. When I'm on season, holy hell, that's when all guns are a go. Um, and yeah, I don't lack motivation whatsoever. I have my hard days, but I think for me is keeping a very strong vision on what I want to beat. I'm a very competitive person and I'm self-aware that I know that. So using that knowledge I have of being competitive is a huge advantage because I can look at people I'm up against. I can look at where I've brought in before and then tell myself, okay, taking yourself further away from that goal, you're not going to achieve that. And would you like to lose um, even just versus myself? If I bring a worse package in, that's not okay with me. So it's just making sure that I uphold my values and keep my competitive edge really, really strong because that's what people rely on. And that gives me insane motivation throughout the times 
when my motivation is low, I know ways to get it up. So if I am feeling like I'm having a down day or not doing this right or this, I know like for me, I love cold shock therapy. So like I'll go down, jump into the ocean, be like, okay, I can control my body. I don't want to get in this cold ocean, but I'm going to do it. Bam, straight in, you come out all energized. I like, um, I listen to motivational Type of uh, videos like Greg Plitz, Alec, Alec, who is it? Elliot Hughes, things like that. Um, just to get your mind in the right place, um, starting up habits and routines every day. So I know when I watch this video, I have my pre-workout, take five minutes before I go to the gym to kind of focus on what I actually want, ground myself, think about my goals, think about all these type of things. And then that, again, helps me to keep on the target, like keep motivated because the target is in sight. I'm visiting that vision so clearly every day. Like I'm imagining if I'm in a comp prep, I'm imagining what it's like to be on that stage and posing everything as hard as I can and making sure that just living in that moment as much as you can makes that time shorter. If it is 12 weeks out, I'm like, okay, this is one twelfth of the, like, of my opportunity, I want to make every single moment count because I don't want to be standing on second place wondering what if. And that's 100% my biggest motivation to put everything in during a comp prep. Um, bringing up lagging muscle groups after a comp. So yeah, this is a good one. Um, I will always, after a competition, look at my feedback. No matter if I've won a show or place last in a show. Look at, okay, where did I, where was I very strong with? Um, what poses I can? And this is something that I don't think many people can actually take on the chin, is negative feedback, which negative is a positive in my mind. I'll always try and pick out and critique my body with negative feedback so I can then improve. Because for me, this is not an end journey. There is no end stop. It is a constant traveling kind of, it's like a ladder that never ends. There, there are steps along the way, and it's good to reach milestones, but in the end, I don't know where the end is, and I just want to make keep, keep bringing in a better package myself. So, um, yeah, definitely, To after a post-comp, I will break down on my weaknesses and my strengths. So, for example, my last show um, at my world title, when I won the world titles in Gold Coast, um, when I won my class, won my pro card there. <clears throat> that, I had to take a big step back from looking at that because I really didn't expect to win my pro card and be in the physique pro league. So I really broke down from where the pros are at and what I need to do to get competitive in the pro league. And I worked out I really need to build on my shoulder mid-development. I need to work on some lower back inserts. But going through my physique, I was pretty impressed with compared to where I have critiqued it in the past and have an off-season where I'm like, I really need to build my rear delts or I really need to build my lats to be thicker. I'm pretty competitive all the way around. It's just minor changes when you're in the pro league to make that X-factor difference. Um, building shoulders, making my V-taper bigger, it's always going to be a thing in every division. Um, every season, I just want to improve your V-taper, bring in your waist, bring up your lats, your shoulders, and your chest. Um, defining my pec minor will be a big one um, for this off season. So just knowing on how, where I want to work. So let's just say 
I really want to work my pec minor and um, where else? My pec minor and Matt will just say low, uh, shoulders. So then I go into my programming. Okay, let's look at how many days I'm going to be training. I always train seven days a week unless something goes wrong, just because I love training and I love staying consistent and doing things like that. So I will then, okay, work out how many times I need to tra train each muscle group, um, what can I deal with, where can I add a weak point training day, and that's one of the biggest things that I have added and learnt throughout my bodybuilding career is I like adding a weak point training day. So I'll have my chest day, my back day, my shoulder day, my leg day, and my arm day, and then a, a weak point day. So then that's a day I can focus on, okay, I wanna work at those pec minors, I do a normal chest day, all right, we'll warm up with some maybe flat bench and do a hell of a lot of incline, do some flies, do some straight arm flies, and do heaps of mix inner chest um, to really bring up that pec minor and inner kind of cleavage area. Um, and then I'd add, okay, I wanna also build delts, Let's go into some lateral raises, some um, but a high neck press, all of those type of things to then start working on medial and front delt to get size. So it's just back planning from that. Work out what goal you want to hit, and then back, like then just back scale it and work out. Okay, I need to add this much volume in here to get that improvement. Then track it with photos um, and just make sure that you're still checking in and staying very consistent into what goal you want. Um, but off-season goals, I said in the last podcast, that's definitely a huge thing that you need to look at and set for yourself to stay consistent because say this prep will be um, almost two years long to go into this my pro debut um, for physique. And it's definitely, for me, like a lot of people would think, fuck, two years is a long time to work out where you want to be. But for me, this is very short. I'm like, God, I've only got two years to build this insane physique where there is no weaknesses and I can hide my weaknesses to the best of my ability. So it's definitely something to think about um, when you are competing and going into an off season. Cool. Um, <laughs> get Jess on. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got a huge podcast planned with, Jess, my girlfriend, and I, um, and she'll probably come on for a few episodes because we've got a lot of topics that we want to talk about. I just want to give her this week probably off. She's competing next weekend at Worlds, um, so it's probably not the best time to pester her into a podcast, or maybe it is. Um, yeah, we'll see how she feels. I'll try and get her on this week um, and bring out a few episodes with her. Okay, different types of dieting. The fads the bullshit cleanses versus a calorie deficit. All right, so this is something that's taken the industry I've seen. Um, being in the fitness industry for over probably seven, eight years now, like being involved on the industry side um, versus being a consumer is being a big, big eye-opener to a lot of the fads that do come into the industry, a lot of things that are talked about. So obviously... It's funny, I think I've talked about it a few times on this podcast, but at Expos, when I go in, on the Cellucore booth, I go and see a lot of different, um, like all the fads of the season start to come in when people are questioning me of, what do you think about paleo? And what do you think about Atkins diet? And what do you think about intermittent fasting? What do you think about keto? 
um, and all these type of diets that do come in. And I think this is the businesses and companies feeding on the lack of education and the oversaturation of education that is the fitness industry at the moment, that there's a lot of people being able to just make a podcast like this or being able to post on their social media about their skinny me tea and all these quick, um, quick, easy fad ways to lose weight and achieve your goals. 12-week plans, 8-week plans, 4-week plans um, run by your local gyms or things like that, which in the end, long-term on all freaking fads, and this is something that angers me, just because they prey on the uneducated is lack of nutrition. Uh, lack of nutrition, lack of calories, which equals lack of like being sustainable long-term. Um, for pretty much the best goal of, if you're looking for a long-term goal for weight loss, is you want to go into a slow calorie deficit, lose your weight, build your like calorie like base metabolic rate back up. So in the end, you're eating a lot of food, you're holding a lot of muscle while burning calories at your maintenance rate at a higher level than it was at. And you want to keep increasing that higher level um, as much as you can. So you can eat a lot of food while staying consistent and in good shape. Um, lean muscle mass helps that. Um, obviously having a good output of cardio, healthy diet also helps that as well. Uh, when I start seeing bloody meal replacement shakes coming in with ridiculous amounts of carbs and sugars, which like they're six to 700 calories, you might as well go and eat an actual meal um, because there's no difference. Even if you're replacing your whole diet with liquid, it's not going to change and make weight loss any quicker. In the end, if I could preach this to every single person, there is no quick pill. There is no quick fix. There, it sh It's not going to be... It shouldn't be... Well, it should be easy. But it isn't going to be easy. If you've put on freaking 40 kilos in the last 10 years, why do you think 8 weeks or 4 weeks or 12 weeks is going to undo that work that you put 30 years into or 10 years into um it's going to be the slow process but if you are looking at losing weight if you are looking at achieving a goal doing a comp prep trying to find the most sustainable method in and out long term is definitely something you need to look at if you're on a diet plan or doing anything at the moment and you're like fuck i'm grueling this out i'm struggling to get through each day i'm obsessing over food i keep cheating on my plan i keep binge eating on this i just think about sugar all day it's not sustainable long term so you definitely need to find a method that's best going to suit you which you should enjoy and that's what i definitely stress to a lot of my lifestyle clients a lot of my comp prep clients is that it needs to be sustainable um all of the diet plans, if you don't like this, swap it out. If you can do this, swap it out. We can mostly work a lot of things into your plan. So that's one way to definitely make it sustainable and work around those sugar cravings. In these days, it's freaking so easy um, to do that. You've got Quest bars that are healthy. You've got sugar-free maple syrup. You've got Diet Coke and Coke Zero and sugar-free energy drinks and <clears throat> all these different sugar alternatives which may not be the healthiest of things 
but it's a lot better than it was 10 to 20 years ago. I remember when I first started the fitness industry, protein tasted terrible. Protein bars pretty much taste like you're chewing on cardboard. Um, they were terrible. Now they're actually really good um, and they've come a long way. So even the protein tastes, um, a lot of the flavors are really good and it's quite easy to cook with. It's just changing little things in your kitchen which make a massive difference, making sure you don't drink your calories, swapping out um, pastas for different types of pastas um, made out of different things, like there's a slender pasta made out of konjac noodles and things like that, um, which in the end, when you are mixing it with sauce, you don't really notice the big changes, but swapping out those sugars for like sugar-free alternatives, stevias, things like that, there are so many options now that you don't actually have to make a big deal about it, and it's going to make huge changes in your weight and things like that. So definitely don't buy into anyone's sales market of this is going to be the quick. If they have quick or a easy approach or anything like that, alarm bells should go up um, as quick as possible. Yeah. Who's your favorite athlete of 2019? Um, and do you follow any other for motivation athletes? So I'm at this weird point at the moment. I actually don't pay a lot of attention with what's going on. I used to, in the fitness industry, um, pay attention to a lot of influencers, whatever a lot of the big brands are doing. Um, but now it's I'm at stage for the first um, time in my life, probably, like in especially since I've been into the gym, where I'm not paying a hell of a lot of attention to influencers. I think Instagram is starting to kind of make a lot of noise that they're, everyone's realizing everything is very fake um, and there's not a lot of value being given out by a lot of influencers and content creation, um, which is something that I've definitely tried to work on this year is giving as much value as I can um, just to, to everyone that will listen pretty much. Um, and that's just something I think, why do something that you're just living something super fake and it's just got to the point where I think it's just about ad photos and all that pondering the different types of um, self-gratification and things like that with very minimal value. So yeah, I don't pay a lot of attention to that. Um, I just try and, and I don't want to dilute any of my type of methods. I don't want to dilute anything like that. Like I'll take on new information when it does come through but it's got to be tested to what I know to be true as well. Um, and I don't want to copy anyone else in the fitness industry. I kind of want to pave my own path and not try and be like anyone else. Um, that's the number one thing I think that everyone needs to think of. If, if you're wanting to start a brand, if you want to be, go down the influencer path, if you want to help people out or whatever you're going to do, is creating your own vibes, your own kind of feeling because you can you can tell when people are faking shit and you can tell when things aren't real or things aren't normal and you yourself should be feeling pretty guilty that something's not wrong, something is wrong um, and you meet those people and everything comes out as well. Like I've been in the fitness industry, I've met all those big influences through and I know who's real and who's fake and I've got stories of all, like a lot of them um, and what they are like 
not in front of people and by themselves. And it's there are quite a few that are quite different. So that's one of the main things um, that I'll definitely look at and making sure that if you are creating your persona that it is yours, you're not just trying to copy Steve Cook's or whatever the influencer is and copying their content and just photocopying that because all of their fans follow him because it's him. And they're not going to just follow you because of you because why would they follow you when they're following him so it's provide value if you are looking to grow a brand grow your instagram anything like that provide value first be yourself and yeah it's down down that path is always going to end you in a well game and i think that is it just letting you know you rock thanks my man um, but yeah, if you do have any other questions, I think these Q&A ones are nice and that I can just pump out nice and short, get a few answers. I still have a few topics coming up that I definitely want to hit after Worlds, definitely some um, more stuff about competing and that, and then take it into more generalized coming into the new year um, and goal setting and things like that. But until then, guys. Thank you for spending your night with me. Well, night, day, morning, wherever you are listening to. Um, and thank you for sharing all you guys that have done it, as I said at the start. Other than that, guys, you know where to find me. Jake underscore able underscore official. Until the next one, I'm getting these out consistently weekly. And I'm um, absolutely, I love just talking. So you guys are in luck. So I will see you on the next one.